really excited to hear this um, seminar by Becky um, about being authentic online and what it means to yeah. um, be yourself and not to put up a, a front, I guess, yep. um, on social media because it's taking over the world <laughs> one day yeah. at a time. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pray for you now. Thank and you. And then we get stuck in. Heavenly Father, we thank you that um, you are sovereign over every part of our lives, over yeah. the things that we see, um, uh, we know other people see, God, and the things that only us see, Lord. And I pray that mm. um, as Becky speaks now about um, being authentic online and what it means to be genuinely um, open and honest, but but true to who who you've made us to be as well, God. And I pray yeah. that you'll um, equip her and give us ears to hear what you want us to learn from this time. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Awesome. Um, so my name's Becky. I've um, met some of you before. Um, can you hear me okay if I just yeah. stand with it like this? Yeah. Um, perfect. Okay. Hang on. My Evernote is not working. Um, so my name's Becky. Um, I'm a youth pastor at a church. I just used my phone. Is that right? Sorry. That's annoying, isn't it? Um, perfect. Um, Okay, so I wanted to talk to you about being authentic online. And I think as a youth worker, I definitely know that there's a lot of positive things, but a lot of negative things about um, our online consumption, but realising it's not just something that we can frown at at the younger generation. It's actually something that's much more widespread, much bigger um, now that's a phenomenon for all of us. None of us are unaffected by Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Amazon, Netflix, all of this just consumption. Um, and I suppose I could stand here and give you 10 top tips or to-dos or not-to-dos. And I was like, oh yeah, and I was reading lots of great books. Um, Bex Lewis, I think it is, has loads of great books about that. And there's loads of great resources that you can get out there, which are all about like to-dos and not-to-dos and with kids and things like that. But I don't think that's what I'm here to talk to you about because there's lots of different ways of you getting that information. I wanted to be real with you um, and understand what God is saying. So um, it did say it was kind of discussion-based. We can kind of have a discussion afterwards. But then I thought, because I wasn't doing the whole top tips and stuff, I think I'm just going to talk to you from the heart um, about what I've got written down and then maybe I'd love to pray for each of us and actually because of so few of us it would be great if each one of us could get prayer um, afterwards um, so this weekend we're talking about being authentic um, and I think it's been amazing the, the two talks that we've had in the main service how they've just linked so well together and I just sat there going yes that that is what that is where I'm coming from speaking to you and um, this afternoon as well so being authentic with God being authentic with ourselves and being authentic with each other um, in our youth ministry so um in Preston, one of our values is authenticity. Um, and it means, doesn't it, to be real, to be open, to be honest, to be transparent, to be genuine, to be true to ourselves, true to God. But it also means, as Sheila um, was telling us this morning, it means to be vulnerable. It means to be exposed, doesn't it? And she, you know, she was really vulnerable with us this morning. That's what we were talking about, weren't we? Um, just how how powerful that is, and especially as women, um, how just we, we need to be more open and vulnerable, even if it's scary and it hurts. Um, so we've highlighted authenticity in our youth ministry um, as something we, we hold value in. Um, we haven't got there yet. There's still a huge culture to shift, I think. But we know that when... Um, um, we and when young people and when we as adults are real, open, honest, and when we share our true feelings, it opens up a space and it opens up a space for connection. And that connection is with each other and it's with God and it's within our friends and our family. And that connection goes a lot deeper than anything that we can connect online. 
basically. Um, so the Hebrews um, 4.13, I'm going to remind you again, you're going to know this verse off of my heart by the end of this weekend, um, is nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Nothing is hidden from God. Um, nothing, no words, no actions, no anxious thoughts, no happy moments, no social media posts, no online shopping bills, no emails, no sighs, no eyes rolled, eyes rolling is hidden from God. Um, and the verse right before that one, um, is this, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God is the truth and it addresses all creation. So we ought to live in a way and behave in a way um, that is in light of God's ways. Um, so how does that all apply? How does that apply to us being online? Well, that applies everything, everything um, to us being online. So we need to be real. We need to be honest. And we also need to live online um, in light of his ways and not have a different persona online. Um so a few stats about our online consumption. Does anyone know, on average, how many times we check our phone a day? How many times do you think you check your phone? Okay, over 100, under 100? Over 100? No, we're going over 100. Yeah, we're over 100. Any advance on 100? <laughs> Nearly? Yeah, well, the information that I've got is 150. Um 150 times we check our phone a day on average. Um, anyone want to guess how many active Facebook users there are? Go for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were answering the question. Um, how, how, many, yeah, how many active Facebook users are there? There you go. A billion. Obviously, that's not precise, <laughs> but around a billion. Um, 45 to 54 is the fastest um, growing age group on social media. So we, I, I suppose I kind of knew that, but then that's surprising because you think it's going to be the younger generation, don't you? Um, one, oh yeah, so, sorry, 52% of us admit that we want to take a break from social media because of its negative impacts. Yep, we don't. Um, and there's still 1 billion active Facebook users. Um, so one in three visitors to porn websites online are female. Um, so we think it's just a male problem, but actually that's something that's affecting our online consumption as well. Um, and this is staggering. Um, so this is in the US, but relate it to the UK and think about it. 73% of electricity consumption in the US on a couple of hours in the evening is for Netflix. So Netflix uses 73% of the electricity consumption in some hours in the evening. When you think of everything else that needs electricity, that's absolutely bonkers. Um, <laughs> so it's a, it's a huge deal, right? There's, there's so much online consumption that's happening and it's only going to grow. Um, no, it's all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, we all do though. And that 20 second rule, that 20 seconds until the next episode is just a killer. Uh, <laughs> Um, so I recently spoke um, on simplicity at youth, so Megan will know about this. Um, so, and I did an experiment to talk about simplicity and I gave up technology for a whole day. 
Um, so all technology and it was a working day. Um, so it doesn't sound too bad. It's okay. Um, but actually the implications are pretty huge for a whole day without technology. Um, so I gave up my phone. Um, um, so I was giving up communication with, it felt like the whole world. Um, I was having to rely on face-to-face -face interaction to get stuff done. I gave up my emails at work, which meant I was no longer felt like I was needed because I get lots of emails popping up all day. Um, can you do this? Can you do that? And suddenly I was like, well, I can't, I can't do anything, but they, they can still live. They can still, they don't need me. I had to accept that. Um, had no sat nav so ha and I'm awful with directions. So I had to kind of find myself, wait, luckily I wasn't going anywhere new that day. Um, I had no online calendar, had to use my paper diary. Um, I didn't have any TV or music. So I literally just enjoyed the sound of silence and was in my head and didn't have that distraction. Um, all day, I just felt like I was missing something. It was it was actually really, really odd. Um, if you want to try it, I'd recommend it just for an experiment. Um, but it just felt like I was looking at my computer screen and I was looking at my phone, expecting to see something and expecting to have this buzz from a notification, um, but nothing, nothing was there. So I had to focus on other things. So I'm just gonna tell you a few things that I learned from doing it. Um, I really learned to value face-to-face -face conversation. Um, I know that sounds silly and, and we should, but you know, if your phone's in your pocket and it's going off or you're something on screen, and you're trying to get some work done, you kind of ignore that person in front of you, which actually just maybe needs your attention or you need to be open and honest with them. Um, so it really helped me to value that conversation so much more. I, I got so much work done that day. Like even though I didn't have a computer, I didn't have Word and Excel and all that stuff. I got so much work because I was so focused and there was no distractions. I just got on with the job in hand. Um, I just wasn't distracted with anything. Um, and I felt that like satisfaction of getting that work done as well. Um, I felt less bogged down. I felt lighter. I felt less, less heaviness on me. I just felt a lot more joyful that day. I felt a freedom as, it, as I wasn't being constantly bombarded with things. Um, you know, we get WhatsApp messages, get emails, get all this sort of stuff, or even you, just your adverts that come up and you're like, I'm awful. Like I don't spend a lot of money, but if I go shopping, I'll spend money because if it pops up on my Facebook, then I'm, I'm, I want to spend it. But if I don't see it, I don't spend it. Um, so I wasn't being bombarded with all this stuff. I didn't feel the pressure to reply immediately to people. Like they can wait for my reply. It's okay. They don't need me. Sometimes we put far too much pressure on people need us in that second when yes, they do need them. We do need to be there for people. We also need to be precious of, of us as well. Um, and that day I did feel closer to God. Um, without the distractions of being more focused on him, with being more focused on my thoughts and what I was thinking about and what I was doing. Um, I was focused on what he wanted me to do that day. And I was more open to listening to what the spirit was asking me to do um, and just following, following him and walking in the spirit that day. Um, so it made me realize that I'd built up a kingdom. I built up a kingdom online, my online presence and my status, I've built up this virtual kingdom um, for myself that reminded me every single day that I was significant. Um, and those notifications just made me feel significant. And I was getting my significance and my security and my acceptance from those things. Um, and realized that in those times of loneliness or unfulfillment, when they creep in, it's so easy to just post a photo up and think, oh, I'll get some likes from that and that'll give me a buzz. Or I'll read some rubbishy blogs that make you feel better. Or I'll go online and do some shopping and that'll just fill that, that feeling. So my question is, what kingdom are you building? Are you building a similar kingdom to, to what I am building still, um, I think? Um, so who used to love making sandcastles when they were younger.
Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of you still might do it now. Uh, it's a fun thing to do. So I used to be, um, you know, I'm a detailed person. So I used to love structuring them, designing them and making sure I had all the right wetnesses of sand and all the right shells to put on them and just really, really carefully maneuver. If there was one little grain of sand out of place, I'd try again. And, um, but why? Because what is going to happen to that sandcastle? What is the inevitability of that beautiful creation that I've just spent all that time investing in? The tide is going to come. It's going to erode the walls. It's going to be dis dis going to disappear, and there's going to be no sign of it ever being there. There's no trace of it, and that is what happens when we build our own kingdoms. They're not going to withstand the waters that come. They're not going to hold their ground. They're going to wash away. And in Matthew 6, it says, seek first God's kingdom and what God wants. Then all your other needs will be met as well. So don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will have its own worries. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So when we try and build our own kingdoms, maybe you can relate to this. Um, this is the person we become, okay? And when we build our own kingdom, um, whether it's online or whether it's some other way, um, we make decisions out of fear. We're scared of what other people think of us. We crave things we neither need or enjoy and get attached to them. We buy things to impress people we don't even like. We believe that being out of step with fashion means we are out of step with real life. We can get greedy and jealous. We want to satisfy our own needs. If we want something, we'll get it. If we want to do something, we'll do it. We want attention and recognition. We put on a mask to appear like something else and we're so scared that other people will find out who we really, really are. So I'm gonna tell you that that is not life. Maybe you relate to, to part of that. I think I relate to all of that most of the time. Um, that is not life. That is not the life that Jesus called us to at all. He called us to make his, to build his kingdom and to be part of his kingdom. Um, and when we do that, we no longer desperately need status and recognition and approval and position. We can have a deep peace in us because he can, you know, that, that perfect love casts out all fear. We no longer need to fear what other people think of us, but we can have a peace. We don't need to have that anxiety and that worry and that heaviness if we truly give it over to God. And we realize that we don't need masses and masses of things. We don't need to post about every single thing. We don't need all that stuff online. So my question to you is, um, what kingdom are you building? Um, whose kingdom are you building? And I think that it comes in in kind of two parts in with our online consumption is what we are consuming and then what we're giving out. So what are we injecting ourselves with? So sometimes we go online and we can go on Instagram or Facebook for like, oh, I just got a couple of seconds. Just check, got any notifications. And then 20 minutes later, we're still on there, right? It doesn't just happen to me, does it? Um, we've just injected ourselves the shot of Facebook that isn't healthy, that's not going to do as much good really so what are we injecting ourselves with um and then what are we projecting online um the devil can't control your mind but he can influence the access points um so he can feed us lies okay so what we see what we hear what we touch he knows so he will cause response thoughts so he will influence those access points to our mind one thought 
is all it takes. One thought is just a trigger. Um, so one thought of a guy walking in the room and going, hey, he's good looking, could trigger a whole process of you marrying him. And that's great. One thought of going, I could so easily steal that, triggers a whole process that could be a life in prison. One thought of I could easily access that image online could trigger a whole process of a debilitating addiction that could last a lifetime. One thought of, oh, I just check an Instagram post, which we might do, that's fine, but sometimes it can cause a whole trigger, a whole host of thoughts and emotions, insecurity, fear, and doubt. So in Romans 12, 2, um, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I don't think positive thinking is enough. We hear that from the world, don't we? Just, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. I, we can't do it. I can't do it. I need God. So we, we should just get rid of the whole positive thinking thing and think truth, like truth thinking, and understand what the thoughts of God are. I feel like our mind is like an airport, and we are the controller. We are the traffic controller. And these thoughts come in, don't they? And we can let them land. So we can recognize that thought is a godly thought. And I'm going to let that plane land. But other thoughts are, mm -mm, that's not of God. And I'm not even going to let you land. I'm not even going to let you take root in my mind. And we have the power to do that. We have the power to say yes or no to what thoughts land. Because as soon as you say, and I know there's thoughts in my mind, that I've let land, I've let them take root. I've let them manifest themselves in my mind. And now I'm finding a hard time to uproot them. But in Philippians 4, 8, it says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I don't think it's a case of um, like having a good angel and a bad angel on our shoulders um, and they're feeding us thoughts. Whoever gets there first gets into our heads because our heads, our minds aren't empty. They're not open to what the devil has to put in them. We're not open to that. Our minds aren't empty, but actually it says in 1 Corinthians 2.16, we have the mind of Christ. And I discovered this verse just a couple of weeks ago and it blew my mind. For me to have the mind of Christ... <laughs> what to unravel that what does that even mean that's bonkers it just blows your mind that the devil has no say whatsoever in my mind because i'm god's it's christ's mind and and in that romans 12 2 verse with the way we transform is through our minds the battle is in our minds so when a bad thought tries to land i rebuke it in jesus name because i have the mind of christ in Ephesians 6, when we talk about the armor of God, it says stand, doesn't it? It says stand firm, stand firm, stand firm. It says it three times. And we have to stand in that mind of God. We have to be standing here. We have to be standing our ground and strengthen our position in the truth and those godly thoughts of what God thinks of us and not the lies. We need to recognize those thoughts. We need to Accept the ones that are from God and let them land, but we need to refuse the ones that are from the enemy and are not in line with God's truth. But then it can't end there because then we need to replace it with truth. We can't just refuse that thought. We need to replace it with what God actually thinks about us. 
So if we know that the devil is influencing the access points to our mind, we need to guard them. We need to guard what we feed ourselves and our consumption, um, how much time we spend on social media, what we're, what we're thinking about, what we're seeing, what we are um, feeling, what we're hearing. Um, so for some of you, that'll be different things that you might have to think about. Like I know people who just don't watch the news, um, which some people are fine to watch the news, but some people just... That, that just invokes fear inside of them to hear all of these stories. Um, but for some people, that wouldn't. Um, there might be some things on Netflix that, you know, you think, I can't actually watch that. So, so for me personally, have you heard of Dr. Foster? Um, on, I don't know if you've I'm not judging anyone who's watched it. I started watching it and I did actually really enjoy it. But I felt like it was honestly having an effect on my thoughts and and what I was thinking about. And I felt like, so it's, it's basically about this this guy who's cheating on his wife, this wife finds out but doesn't address it and kind of goes on this whole just hunt to just bring him down. She gets so bitter and twisted that she becomes the bad cop, basically. And she has so much hatred for her husband. I could feel emotions of hatred towards men it watching it and I was like I don't even want to feel this like I don't even I don't even trust myself watching this I really really don't um so I'd stop watching it and maybe maybe you can watch it and that's fine I'm not putting a I'm not putting a, a barrier anywhere but I'm just saying we need to think about what we are watching what we're feeding ourselves with um and then so so that's about what what we're consuming. So then what are we projecting? Um, what are we projecting online and what kingdom are we building? And um, you see, it's so easy to project a false identity online, isn't it? It's way too tempting, actually, to just mask who you really are and to reinvent yourself reinvent ourselves like and I think as women we love to reinvent ourselves we love to have like makeovers and think of that reinvention what's what's our next self going to be I know that when I was at school um I had very low self-confidence very low self-esteem I was bullied um and I was Rebecca then because there was another girl in my class called um, Rebecca but she was Becky and she was way cooler than me way prettier than me way more popular than me so I wanted to be her basically I wanted to reinvent myself to be her so I was Rebecca, but then when I went off to university at 18, I changed my name and I was Becky. Um, and I thought just changing that name, I could reinvent myself. I'd go to university and just be whoever I wanted to be. And I was going to be popular. I was going to have boys chasing after me. And I was going to be that person because I just love to reinvent myself. And actually, I only got challenged by that because um, my fiance actually called me Rebecca because of... I don't actually know why. Uh, <laughs> I think because I didn't really know him fully and on my Facebook and my email, it says Rebecca. So he calls me Rebecca. And I just felt really challenged by that. It's like, well, why are you Becky? Because that came out of insecurity and that came out of reinventing yourself. And I don't want to mask myself. And that might, that might sound silly, but it, it, was, it just brought it back up to me about um, how easy it is to reinvent ourselves. And I think um, there's a root cause to all of these online issues. So there's, there's so much... There's so many issues online and um, there's so many great stuff. But there's also like having that addiction to, to posting those selfies or or girls being half naked or or, you know, sending nude selfies, addiction to porn, going on on apps and making our face look absolutely perfect when it's not. Um, I think all of these actually the root cause of that is our lack of identity, that we don't know who we are, that we we can't project our true selves because we don't know who we are. We don't know who our true selves. Um, 
And I think if we really knew who were in Christ, uh, we could live without the pressure to conform. We could live without that fear because there's so many fears attached to that. Um, we have fears of not being good enough, fears of not being liked, fears of failing, of, of being vulnerable and then not being liked again. Um, as parents, may we have fears of the lack of control we have with our kids being online. Um, I know that, um, so so I'm going to be moving to, to Manchester when I get um, married. Um, and so I've had to um, meet all of like Tim's friends. Um, and honestly, I've just, it've just surprised me. I've, I've just surprised myself how insecure I am because I'm sat around having pizza with all these, these people who are going to have to be my friends because I'm, I'm moving into, into Manchester. And I'm just thinking, I... I don't feel good enough to be your friend. And I'm comparing myself with them. And I'm thinking, am I even good enough to be his husband? Like, and I'm so fearful of what other people are thinking of me that suddenly I can feel myself like going into myself and being, becoming, becoming less extroverted. And I'm normally quite loud and funny and bubbly, but I can just feel myself going back um, and not being myself because actually that fear cripples us. It steals our joy. We can't be who God created us to be. And he gave us who we are on purpose and our identity on purpose. Um, and I've just been really challenged by that and, and spoken to Tim about that and confessed that and said, this is how I feel like, you know, I even compare myself to you sometimes. I compare myself to your friends, but I don't want to do that anymore. So I need to call that out. I need to, you need to say it out loud. And as soon as I had a conversation with him and said, Tim, I'm really sorry, but this is how I felt tonight. And he was like, oh, and he was like, you have nothing to prove, Becky. And I was like, release okay that fear can go and it's it's an on it's an ongoing thing it's not like I don't fear anymore but that fear of man is so crippling and we need to confess that and repent from that um in Proverbs 29 25 it says fear of man will prove to be a snare but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe and in Jeremiah 17, um, verses 5 to 8, it says, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. If we trust God and not man, because we can't trust man um, for our validation, we will be blessed. It says in scripture, we'll be blessed and we'll be like trees planted by living water and we'll send our roots out and we'll be sturdy and we'll be steadfast and we will know that identity. We can be fearless. Perfect love casts out all fear. This morning we talked about knowing God's love. If we can know that love truly and get rid of that fear, our, our, we've, we've laid ourselves bare and created space for that connection, that connection to our saviour and connection to God and connection to the person who gives us our identity and who we are. Um, and then suddenly, if we can get rid of that fear somehow, suddenly social media becomes a huge opportunity. Suddenly it becomes... Um, an opportunity to bring a different message, to bring a, a message of hope and joy and life that we are not ashamed of, that we are not um, in fear to share. Um, and we're not conscious of what other people think. We can just be ourselves. Actually, we can't run away from social media. We, we need to embrace it. And as Christians, we need to embrace it. And I want to infiltrate as many of my non-Christian friends' news feeds with truth 
so they actually respond, they, they get truth somehow. Um, I've had non-Christian, my non-Christian friends like liking verses that I've put up and I'm like, but you've obviously read that and liked it. And like, I just want to know what's going through their mind about it, but I've had an impact. I've had some of my friends message me and ask me like, well, what was that all about? I think it was after a youth weekend away we'd been on. And I was like, you know, you come back from a youth weekend away and like loads of amazing stuff is happening. You're like, ah, this is amazing. God is so good. Really. These massive, massive posts about how amazing God is and what he's done over the weekend. And my friend was like, what did you do this weekend? Like, what was that all about? But if I hadn't have been honest and, and, and been like, oh, people will judge me for being a Christian and, blah, 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 and I hadn't put that out, she wouldn't have had the opportunity to hear that story. Um, So I want to give us a chance to respond. That's kind of all I have to say, really. That was quite a lot, though. Um, yeah, I know... Um, I know it's a seminar, and maybe we'll wait till services to, like, pray for each other, but I think it would be really awesome if we could pray for each other um, and, and just spend some time thinking about what we need to confess. Um, and I think confessing that fear has been huge for me because I've realized that I need to confess it. I realize I need to repent from it. I realize that I've had the wrong way of thinking and I've not been trusting God and I've had to say sorry to God for that. Um, before Jesus did anything in his ministry, um, he um, was baptized and God said to him, you're my son and I'm pleased with you. Jesus hadn't done anything you know, he, he'd lived a life, he'd been a commentator, but he hadn't done any ministry, hadn't done anything. Yet even before then, God said, I'm pleased with you. We don't have to do anything to please God. He is pleased with us. He delights in us. And he says we are daughters of him. So I think maybe we'll, we'll spend a few moments in silence um, and just we can think about that. And I want you to think about whether you need to um, confess anything that, that you um, have watched maybe or that you are sorry for that you've been injecting yourself with and then confess that fear as well and repent from that fear and ask God for the strength to to get over that fear because I think he wants to deliver us for that fear because otherwise we can't be obedient disciples of him and we can't you know we're talking about activate exist for evangelism to to share the love of God with other people if we're so fearful of other people we're never going to be able to share it we're never going to be obedient to, to his calling and no one's ever going to hear about Jesus because we we're too ashamed of it like why should we be ashamed of Jesus um so we need to repent of that fear um so yeah so I think we'll spend I'll pray um we'll spend a few moments in that um and then um there's me there's Sarah and there's Haley um who um we would love to pray for you um so you don't I'm not forcing that on you you might might not want prayer um but yeah maybe just we'll spend a few minutes in silence and then you can um chat to us if you want some prayer does that sound okay okay father god i i thank you that you love us you simply love us Lord god before we do anything if we didn't do a single thing more for you you would still love us just the same we can't do anything more, anything less. Um, look, and I thank you that you've given us an identity as daughters of the king, of princesses, of kingdom princesses, Lord Jesus. You've given us this identity and we want to live in that fully. We want to say sorry for the fear that we have. We want to say sorry for the times that we've we've not stood up for the gospel because we're so fearful of what other people think. I'm sorry for the times that I've 
just not trusted you enough and not relied on you enough and not put you in the center, Lord God, of my life. I, I need your help, Lord Jesus. We need your help to be um, the people that you've called us to be, Lord God, whether that is a face-to-face -face conversation or whether that is online, Lord God. Just do a deep work in us, Lord Jesus. So I feel like if we got rid of that fear, Lord God, we would know how to be authentic online. Just help us and deliver us from that fear. We need your strength to do that, Lord Jesus. If you just want to talk to God now about the things that you're sorry for, that you want to repent for, the, the fear that you want to give over to him.